Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled Improving Patient Outcomes in Newly Diagnosed Glioblastoma, Personalizing Treatment and Managing Adverse Events. To access the full program and supporting materials, please visit the activity URL in the episode description. This activity is supported by an educational grant from NovoCure. Ricardo is a 62-year-old gentleman who was recently diagnosed with glioblastoma multiforme of the left occipital temporal region. He initially presented with headaches and episodes of reading difficulties after sustaining a head injury while fixing a gutter. An awake left-sided craniotomy was performed four weeks ago. The bulk of the tumor was removed. However, the postoperative MRI showed some enhancement in the superior portion of the resection cavity. The operative report noted that the patient was having difficulty with speech after several attempts to resect more of the superior region. He is being seen today for a discussion regarding postoperative management. Hello, my name is Dr. Shalina Gupta-Bert, and I am an associate professor in the Department of Radiation Oncology at the University of Kansas Cancer Center. In assessing patients with glioblastoma multiforme who present for postoperative management, I first look at age and performance status. I also look at the extent of the resection. Patients who have had a total resection have the best prognosis. Molecular profiling provides important prognostic information and insight for the management course. The presence of an IDH mutation is correlated with the survival benefit for patients treated with radiation or alkylating agents and is commonly associated with MGMT promoter methylation. Wild-type IDH is associated with increased risk of aggressive disease. MGMT promoter methylation confers a survival advantage and is particularly useful in making treatment decisions for older patients. Patients with tumors that are unmethylated derive less benefit from alkylating agents such as temozolomide. The next step is postoperative radiation treatment. This requires looking at the pre- and postoperative MRI imaging to define the treatment volume. In addition to radiation given for a total of 30 treatments over six weeks, concurrent temozolomide is used at a lower radiosensitizing dose of 75 milligrams per meter squared per day. Timazolamide binds to DNA, which is also the target for radiation treatment, and the combination results in greater DNA damage within the tumor cell. After completing radiation, the patient gets a three to four week break and then receives adjuvant timazolamide at a higher dose of 150 milligrams per meter squared. This is typically done on days one through five of a 28-day cycle for six cycles or approximately six months. Now, adjuvant treatment may include the use of tumor-treating fields using a device that delivers alternating electric current to the tumor cavity. This is usually started after radiation and concurrently with the adjuvant timazolamide. Application of tumor-treating fields has been shown to increase overall survival in randomized clinical trials. More recently, some data supports radiation treatment plus concurrent and adjuvant lomustine with temozolomide in patients who are younger than 70 and have MGMT methylated tumors. In an unmethylated tumor, the standard of care is still radiation therapy combined with temozolomide. If they tolerated the radiation treatment and temozolomide well and maintained a good performance status for those first six weeks, we talk about adjuvant timozolomide and or tumor-treating fields. However, even with timozolomide therapy, patients with unmethylated MGMT promoters have disease recurrence sooner than methylated patients. Next, we will talk about clinical efficacy data on available adjuvant therapy options for newly diagnosed glioblastoma. 
The data supporting the use of postoperative radiation treatment concurrently with temozolomide were delineated in the trial by Stupe et al. reported in 2005, where the benefit to overall survival was significant at a p-value of less than 0.001. This study established a combination of postoperative radiation and temozolomide as the standard of care for these patients. The addition of tumor-treating fields has shown a further improvement in overall survival. This was also reported by Stoop et al. in 2017, with both progression-free and overall survival improvement, with the addition of tumor-treating fields at a p-value of also less than 0.001. The data suggested that we can add both quality and length of life by adding alternating electric currents or fields delivered via electrodes applied to the region of the tumor for at least 18 hours per day. In the control arm of that study, patients survived approximately 16 months. And with the tumor-treating fields, that survival extended to nearly 21 months. Tumor-treating fields can be used now only supertentorial lesions. The more recent data for combining lomustine and temozolomide in patients with methylated MGMT promoter shows that overall survival may be further improved. This combination resulted in a median overall survival improvement from 31.4 months with adjuvant temozolomide alone to 48.1 months with the combination of lomustine and temozolomide. However, this regimen was associated with increased hematotoxicity. This combination has not been tested with the addition of tumor-treating fields. These data must be interpreted with caution, as the sample size was small and the p-value was 0.049. Other systemic agents that have been explored include bevacizumab. In exploratory studies, there may be a benefit in overall survival with the addition of bevacizumab, especially in patients who have methylated MGMT. So in patients who are younger and have a good performance status but have poor molecular profiling features or prognostic factors, additional systemic agents or preferably a clinical trial may be considered. In the next session, we will discuss the safety profiles of recommended adjuvant therapies for newly diagnosed glioblastoma. Each of the standard treatment options for newly diagnosed glioblastoma has a different side effect profile and effect on quality of life. So it's critical that clinicians provide appropriate education and support to patients and their caregivers. Patients receiving radiation treatment may experience both acute and chronic side effects. Short-term side effects include fatigue, dermatitis, nausea, and headache. Long-term side effects may include permanent hair loss, neurocognitive issues, microvascular damage, nerve damage, or memory deficits. Adjuventimazolamide is an alkylating oral chemotherapy with typical hematologic toxicities, including lymphopenia, thrombocytopenia, and neutropenia. In rare cases, patients can have severe hematotoxicity in the form of myelosuppression and even myelodysplastic syndrome. Lymphopenia can be associated with opportunistic infections. Common non-hematologic toxicities include constipation, which can be severe in the adjuvant setting, and nausea and vomiting. Fatigue is also common. Patients with African-American descent can have skin discoloration. The electrodes of a tumor-treating field device are applied in an array to the skin. The most common adverse events are grade 1 skin irritation and erythematous lesions, particularly at the site of the craniotomy incision. Mild anxiety and confusion, insomnia, and headaches can occur, usually at the beginning of treatment and are transient. Patients can learn how to manage these side effects over time. In a clinical study combining tumor-treating fields and temozolomide, no serious adverse events were attributed to tumor-treating fields alone. In addition, studies show no difference in quality of life for patients receiving tumor-treating fields plus temozolomide versus those receiving temozolomide alone. The most common side effects of lomestine are pancytopenia and bone marrow suppression. 
Erythrocyte, leukocyte, and platelet counts may temporarily decrease after doses of this drug, putting patients at increased risk for infection, anemia, and bleeding. Common non-hematologic toxicities include fatigue, nausea, and vomiting, but less nausea and vomiting than associated with temozolomide. At higher doses, lomestine can rarely lead to pulmonary infiltrates and pulmonary fibrosis. All decisions should be made to balance tumor control and maintenance of quality of life and activity for as long as possible before tumor progression. Managing side effects is one of the most important things that we can do to help our patients with glioblastoma. Next, we will discuss factors that can impact therapeutic selection in patients with newly diagnosed glioblastoma. It is important to discuss options with patients and their families and personalized treatment plans to align with their goals. Patients want to minimize the likelihood of tumor recurrence and wish to have the least amount of cognitive or physical side effects. Patients and their families would like to be able to lead as normal of a life as possible. At each visit, clinicians should ask about and address any cognitive, physical, or emotional side effects. A neurologic exam should be routinely done. I consider several factors when deciding the plan of care. The first is age. Patients younger than 70 tend to get the standard adjuvant treatment regimen, whereas patients older than 70, especially with a poor performance status, may opt to have hypofractionated radiotherapy. Another factor is MGMT promoter status. An older patient with an unmethylated tumor may forego temozolomide as temozolomide adds complications, especially in the elderly, but does not add dramatically to the survival the option of tumor-treating fields alone after radiation treatment may be appropriate. Patients who are younger with a better performance status tend to do better overall. Clinical trials, if available, should always be considered. Tumor-treating fields are effective for all patients with glioblastoma, independent of the extent of resection, age, or molecular markers. Survival improvement has been noted even in patients who started tumor-treating fields when they had recurrence or progression. The determining factor is the patient's ability and commitment to wearing the device for 18 hours or more. Patient education, support, and encouragement are required for successful use. Online and in-person teaching resources should be made accessible to the patient and their families. A minimum of 12 hours or 50% per day of TTF use is required for benefit. The recommended time of use is 18 hours or 75% or more. In a subset analysis, patients who wore the tumor-treating fields more than 90% of the time had a much more prolonged survival and a 25 to 30% increased chance of living more than five years. The greatest survival was seen in those patients with methylated MGMT promoter tumors. Next, we will discuss monitoring and managing side effects of adjuvant therapies. Let's begin with management strategies for key adverse events associated with adjuvant therapy. For skin reactions from radiation, topical agents such as aloe vera gel can be used. For more confluent erythema or dry desquamation, emollients are effective. For severe rashes associated with temozolomide, I use a topical steroid. If the rash does not improve, I consider discontinuation or desensitization. For dermatologic toxicity seen with tumor-treating fields, interventions include shaving, good scalp hygiene, and moving the arrays every 48 to 72 hours. I recommend inert shampoos and gentle skin care. Patients should avoid thick substances that could disrupt the arrays. Topical corticosteroids can be used if there is itching of the scalp. Occasionally, patients may require an array holiday of one to two days. For patients who develop thrombocytopenia with timazolamide or lomestine treatment, hold therapy if the platelets go below a level of 100,000 and monitor blood counts closely. 
if platelet counts persistently drop below 50,000 with temozolomide, discontinuation of treatment should be considered. It is critical to evaluate other causes of hematologic toxicities. Gastrointestinal symptoms are associated with temozolomide and lamustine. However, they are more common with temozolomide, especially if the doses of adjuvant temozolomide is much higher than that received during concurrent radiation treatment. Nausea and vomiting can be treated with antiemetics. Concomitant use of ondansetron can lead to constipation. Encourage hydration and avoidance of constipating foods, discuss proper gastrointestinal health, and consider a dietitian when appropriate. Patients receiving temozolomide require prophylaxis against pneumocystis pneumonia. All patients receiving lomustine should undergo pulmonary function tests at baseline and after each cycle. Lomustine should not be used in patients with severe lung disease. If a patient develops pulmonary infiltrates, they should be promptly evaluated. Once standard of care has been completed, we monitor with MRI scans every two to three months to ensure that there is no recurrence or radiographic progression. For worsening seizures, headaches, or new neurologic deficits, urgent radiographic evaluation with MRI is warranted. It can be difficult to tell radiographically whether it's recurrence, progression, pseudoprogression, or radionecrosis. To sort out the differences, obtain short interval scans over time. MRI perfusion scans or cerebral blood volume studies may be valuable to look at tumor vascularity. In some situations, biopsy may be warranted. One of the biggest challenges is providing effective care coordination. We usually bring patients in every two months to see the multidisciplinary team. Our patients appreciate that they can see everyone they need to see at one visit and get a coordinated diagnosis and treatment plan. Standard of care has improved quality of life slowly over the past 20 years, and we're starting to make some advances. In the near future, we hope to see continued improvement in options for treatment, the treatment decision process, management of side effects, and mechanisms to improve quality of life, all resulting in a longer, more meaningful survival. Thank you for listening. Please visit the activity URL in the episode description to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.